Welcome to Houseplant Homebody. I'm your host, Holly, and I'm here to tell you all about my favorite thing, plants. Are you ready? Did you know there's even more than just this podcast? Go check out my website, houseplant-homebody.com for even more and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, or Pinterest at houseplanthomebodyllc. And as I'm sure you already know, each podcast episode has a corresponding blog post on my website, so make sure you check that out. And do not forget to rate, review this podcast, and make sure you're commenting, liking, sharing, and subscribing so more plant people just like you can find my podcast and social media. You can even help support your favorite podcast, blog, and social media by joining me on my Become a Supporter website page to get exclusive podcast episodes, access to a supporter-only Facebook group, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. And if you really just can't get enough, I send out a bi-monthly newsletter on the first of every other month, also with exclusive content and some updates on what's happened the previous couple months. All right, let's get into it. Well, hello. As you may have noticed, the intro has changed. The main reason, and I'm sure you heard it on the end of last episode, Patreon for Houseplant Homebody is no longer a thing, but I moved the same benefits, the same costs and everything over to my own website thanks to my actual Patreon members and my now supporter members on my website. So that's the main reason I changed it, but also I don't like to be that person that has the same intro for like a million episodes, so I just switched it up. Kind of the same words but that's how it is. So I wanted to throw that out there. I didn't want to pretend like nothing happened. You also may have noticed that I talked longer, so I didn't get to say what the plant is. So from now on, I'm going to introduce the plant like right here as I'm talking in the beginning of this. So just so you know the structure of what's happening, like you need to know that, but you know what? We're keeping it real today. Okay. So today's plant guys is peace lily. So I've had a lot of questions about this plant and I got one in springtime and I just wanted to make sure I had it down, which I knew I kind of think I would because it was an easier houseplant, at least from my experience. And let me tell you, it is. So I have heard people struggle with this plant before because it needs more moisture and we'll get into that. But let's start out by saying this is a really good beginner houseplant parent plant. So if you're just starting out in the houseplant world and you don't know what to get and you're really unsure of what watering and light requirements need, this is an amazing one to start with. And we'll go into why later, but there are a lot of different varieties out there. About maybe I'd say seven times out of 10, you will not know exactly what the variety is. Like currently, the one I have that is just plain green, I have no idea what it is. It's just a piece lily in my mind. I do have another variegated one called Domino. That's because I propagated it off of my sister's and I know hers was a Domino. So those are the two I have. So we're just going to jump into the names and varieties like we always do so we can get that out of the way and you can kind of hear about more cultivars. So the botanical name is Spathophyllum. The common names obviously peacefully, but you may even hear them as spath or spathflower. I also saw online a lot of places were calling them white sails. I have never heard them like that, but the flowers do look like white sails, so I get it, but I've never heard it that way. <laughs> So the other cultivars, I'm just going to throw a bunch of names out there and just briefly do a description, but Sensation is one cultivar that is usually a little bit larger grower, getting about four to six feet tall indoors, like in your house. So it's a big, big freaking plant. 
Figaro is another one that gets about the same size, maybe a little bit smaller. Mauna Loa Supreme does get a little bit larger, but might only stay up to about four feet. Same thing goes with Patricia, which I love that there's a piece lily named Patricia, okay? There's also another one called Piccolino, which is a compact. And basically, the rest of them I'm about to describe are all compact varieties. Compact meaning they stay shorter. So if you don't want, you know, a six-foot piece lily in your house, go with these ones. So there's the Piccolina. There's Sonia Wallisii, which actually has a slightly more ruffled, thinner leaf. Doesn't look like your normal piece lily, just a little bit of a difference. White Stripe, which literally has a white stripe down the middle. Go figure. Domino, which is the one I was talking about, which does have variegation and white speckling in it. It's a really pretty one. And it does have the ruffled leaves just like the wall the CI does as well. And Picasso was another one I noted. This one actually has heavy variegation, whether it's shades of green or white. I have never seen one of these before in person, but it's gorgeous, let me tell you. So that's all the different pieces of varieties that I just put on here. I know there's a lot more than that, but these are ones I've heard of. At the garden center, we used to sell Sensation, and that was about it. The other ones couldn't really get our hands on. Domino didn't become popular until about a year or two ago, in my experience in the houseplant community. And the other ones are a little bit more rare. Figaro I've heard of, Picasso I've heard of. The other ones are hit or miss though. If I've heard of them or if I've seen them in person, can't remember, but the Sensation, Figaro, Domino, Picasso, all of those I have seen. Okay, now let's jump into the sun requirements and then we'll go into the rest of everything. So the reason this is a great plant to start out with for a beginner houseplant person is because these can literally take almost almost any single kind of sunlight you can imagine. So I put on the blog post, these can handle low sunlight to bright indirect light, every single spectrum of it. So now obviously stipulations here. So for the best, fullest, and fastest growth, you got to place it in that bright indirect window. If it has variegation, it's got to have at least medium light to make sure that variegation is maintained. Now, if you have just the plain green foliage, putting it at low light, it will do fine. It will grow. It will do very well. Now, you might notice a little bit leggier foliage. You might notice maybe slower growth or no blooms whatsoever. We'll get to that later. And if you put a variegated piece lily in low light, you might notice a change in variegation. It's not that it won't survive. It just makes other factors a little bit more interesting for you. So if you don't have a nice south or west window and you're like, well, I have a dark room or I have like a north window, what do I do? Peace lily, people. Peace lily. Now, do I think you should be putting this in a dark corner all by itself where you don't turn the light on or open the window ever? No, you shouldn't do that to any plant. But if you have a north window or just off of a north window or something like that, this guy will be fine. So as I said, I have two piece lilies. I have a domino, which is currently under a grow light, kind of, not directly. And it's near a south window. It's not really getting that much of the south window light. So it's probably getting about medium light. And then I have a plain green one, which was in my office area right here right next to me, but I decided to bring it into work to see how it would do just under fluorescent lighting. So we'll see how that goes. I think it'll be totally fine because it's considered like low light, 
But in my office, I didn't have it next to a window. I had it off to the side. And it was kind of leaning towards the one window that's in here just slightly. But I do have to say it did produce a flower and it did grow a decent amount. So even being in this room away from a window, it was doing really, really well. So my point here is that if you're a new plant parent, you can put this almost anywhere and it will grow and it will do well. So let's dive into water and fertilizer. Okay, so for the water requirements, this is where some people think this is a like medium to high maintenance plant sometimes. And I totally understand why, especially if you're a person like me who tends to underwater plants. The nice thing about peace lilies is that they are very forgiving whether you over or underwater them slightly. I'm not saying to over or underwater them. I'm just saying they are forgiving plants. So the peace lilies typically need a bit more moisture than your average houseplant. So this means probably medium moisture if you're thinking of it that way or consistently keeping the soil moist. If you underwater this plant the foliage will start to droop and that's your sign that like it's underwatered. You need to water it like immediately or it's just going to keep drooping. Humidity is not needed for these but it is welcomed. I'll put it that way. I don't put extra humidity on my peace lily because they're not really my priority plants for humidity in my house. I have calatheas. I have a bunch of other things, ficus, all that lovely stuff. This guy doesn't need it as much as those do. I have very restricted amounts of room of where my humidifiers will disperse humidity. So these are not in the area. Now the Plantipedia book that I use as a resource does recommend misting them weekly. So that can help with humidity. A little bit if you wanted to do that and you didn't have the means of a humidifier or something like that. In regards to moisture, I would highly recommend if you're trying to figure out how much water these need but you don't want to over or underwater them, I would honestly let the leaves droop, let them get underwatered just so you can understand how many days went by before you have to water them again. That way you have an idea of like, okay, day seven, they're super dehydrated. Let's try watering on day six and see how that goes. And then you might notice, okay, like that's fine. And then come winter, you will need to water a little bit less like you do any house plant. But that might be a good starting point if you're a new plant parent. So typically new plant parents are really watching the plants and understanding the moisture level. So I would just recommend letting the leaves droop and then you know, okay, it was seven days since the last time I watered it. You know, that kind of thing. Also keep in mind, that if you have it in a brighter window, it probably needs to be watered more often because it's warmer there. If you have it off a window like I did, it doesn't need to be watered as much. I think that's going without saying, but just in case. Okay, so fertilizer is, I almost say the same thing every single time, and I literally say that every time, but there are lots of different ways to fertilize, lots of different products out there to use. I currently use Fox Farms Grow Big Liquid Fertilizer, and I fertilize in peak season about every two weeks when I water my plants because it's a liquid. I usually start kind of that pattern at the end of February and I go through beginning of October. So obviously that's stopped for me. Now I will only fertilize probably once or twice in winter. I'll probably fertilize like at the end of November, the end of December. Maybe I'll start put kicking in the fertilizer again 
in the beginning of February every two weeks end of January because I do start to notice that new growth kicks in end of February so that's why I start increasing fertilizing. I always like to use a little bit less than the recommended simply because I would rather under fertilize than over fertilize. Previously I've also used Espoma products for fertilizing. Nothing is bad that I've ever used. I've used your run-of-the-mill you know miracle Grow Scott's products too. So as long as you are reading your package and understanding your plants, that's what I would say. Now, I did, one of my sources, the Plantopedia book, did say something about fertilizing, so I just wanted to quote them. It says, fertilize fortnightly with half-strength liquid fertilizer in the warmer months, upping to weekly when your plant starts flowering. So I obviously was not doing that. Nor will I probably, just because I'm not interested as much in the flowers on my piece lily, specifically for me, because I usually have them in lower light, and I'm not expecting them to bloom that much. I want them just for the foliage, so I'll probably keep it to every two weeks in peak season, probably once a month every, you know, off-season month, so... You're welcome to do anything you want to, use any products you want to. If you have questions, feel free to reach out to me. Um, I did tag the liquid fertilizer I use on the blog post along with the Plantopedia source that I love. Um, I do mention the Plantopedia book was published, or at least it came out in October of 2020, so it's super updated, and that's why I always love to reference it. Um, some of the other books I have were published years ago, so some of the botanical names or stuff like that is out of date. So that's why I like to use that. Okay, now let's get into propagation, other facts, and the Instagram Q&A. Propagation is pretty simple. Literally, these need to be divided. There's really no way to propagate them by cuttings or anything like that, at least in the houseplant growing world. I'm sure there's tissue culture that can be propagated and whatnot and cultivated, but at home, the best way to do it is just dividing it, just like you would an iris or a hosta outside in your yard. <laughs> okay, so for some other facts, these are considered part of the Araceae family with other plants in it like Diffenbachia, Aglaonema, Monstera, Philodendron, all those aeroid plants. This is in that same family. You can find these usually natively in the tropical parts of Asia and the Americas. And as I've said a few times, these do produce flowers and they are actually very common. So most of the time they're going to be just bright white flowers, hence the name white sails that everyone keeps calling them that I didn't even know existed. But on your variegated plants like the domino, the flower can actually be variegated. So I included a picture on the blog post so you could see um, my sister's domino had a bloom and the actual bloom was not white. It was green speckled. It was cool. So these flowers usually show up pretty commonly on peace lily and you can definitely get them in your house. The best way to do it is just put them in a bright indirect light which usually means in a west window or just off, off of a south window. If you have them in a low to medium light, I would say that blooms are going to be less likely. So they can definitely still happen. Obviously, mine did bloom. Only one flower, but it did. But if you're going to put them in a lower light, I just wouldn't expect them to bloom. If the point of buying it for you is blooming, well, then give them enough light. 
Okay, the other thing that I thought was really fun, which I, I know there are lots of plants out there that have kind of the same thing, but NASA has proven that peace lilies do reduce air pollution. And I had another source called The Healing Power of Plants that talked about it a little bit. It says, tests have also shown that the plant is capable of removing airborne mold, which can alleviate allergy and asthma symptoms. As an added bonus, the peace lily may help you get a good night's sleep. I love learning stuff like that because I do know that that NASA report had a bunch of other plants in it and I did link it on the blog post if you wanted to read through it. It did have like snake plant and Dracaena for example. So definitely check that out. It's really good information. I know lots of plants have lots of plants have different health benefits and mostly plants in general have good health benefits but it's fun to learn just a little bit more about them. I also wanted to point out last bit of information that these are toxic to pets and humans. So just watch out for that. Um, A couple of my sources said they're mildly toxic, but I would just consider that overall toxic. So if you want more info, episode 31 was all about toxic houseplants and I think it was called pets and plants. So you can check that out. There's also the blog post and I linked both of those in this blog post if you want more info. Okay, I had a couple Instagram Q&A questions today, and I just wanted to reiterate that usually on my stories, I will put a question box up for the next podcast episode asking if anyone has any questions. I maybe only do it once or twice, so if you miss it and you want to know what the next episode is or you know what the episode is, but you want to ask a question, feel free to DM me, email me, message me. I get every message everywhere. I might not respond right that second, but... I will get back to you and I will definitely include that question on the episode and the blog post. So two questions today. The first one is, will my domino peace lily ever flower indoors? Yes, totally based on where you have it though. So if you really want it to bloom, I would encourage it to be put in a west or just off of a south window if you can. An east window might even provide enough light for it as well. There is a lot of light in an east window if there's no obstructions as well. So I would just make sure you're giving it as much light as you can. If you want to increase your chances even more, I would also make sure you're fertilizing regularly like you're supposed to. I would also try to increase humidity just a little bit and that will give you the perfect scenario of trying to get a flower. Okay, the next question is, is it possible to overwater my peace lily? With any houseplant, it's pretty possible to overwater a houseplant. I think the only thing I have experienced where I feel like I can't overwater it is my maiden hair fern. The only thing I can do to that thing is underwater it. can't overwater it. So peace lily, I don't think is that complicated with watering, but it's definitely a possibility. So Peace lilies are super forgiving. So I know I talked about this earlier, but I would definitely, if you're trying to figure out how often you need to water it, I would let the leaves droop to the point of like, okay, it's definitely underwatered. I need to water it today. They're kind of dramatic, but that helps you in the best way possible. And then note how many days it's been since you watered it. Knowing that information, cut it back a day and see how it looks. See if it's okay. That way you can tell, okay, last time I watered every seven days, let's do six days now and see how that goes. If it's still drooping, we'll cut it back to five days. But I'll tell you, these do need to be consistently moist. 
And I do know my mom had a couple of these as well, and it seemed like she was watering them more than necessary, and they were thriving. So these guys prefer to be in a little bit, honestly, too much water than not enough, at least for their own health. So I would start with letting them droop, see how long that takes, and then cutting back days from there. That way you can understand your own watering pattern and its needs, really. Okay, that was it for today, guys. Thanks for listening to episode 46 of Houseplant Homebody, all about the peace lily. Don't forget to check out the blog post that corresponds with this episode. If you go to houseplant-homebody.com and go to the blog page, you'll find it there. Also, don't forget to find me at Houseplant Homebody LLC on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Make sure you're rating, reviewing, and sharing this podcast, along with liking, saving, and commenting on social media. Odds are, if you like this podcast, someone else will too. I love to hear what you've learned from this episode or really anything that I'm doing and your plant experiences, so please share them with me because I love it. Also, you can help support your favorite podcast by joining me on my Become a Supporter website page to get exclusive podcast episodes, access to a supporter-only Facebook group, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. Your support means the world to me, and I'm super excited to keep bringing you plant bios and information. Also, don't forget to check back every other Tuesday for the brand new episode and blog post. From one houseplant homebody to another, see you next time. Hi, I first wanted to say thank you to the Patreon supporters that moved over to my own website. Officially, as of Sunday, November 7th, I canceled Patreon for Houseplant Homebody. So anyone that wanted to support me in general, you now have to move everything to become a supporter page on my own website, which a lot of you already did. So thank you for moving over. For those of you that didn't, if you wanted to still support me, you just missed the emails and the messages and everything. I already noted when you joined to begin with, and I'll just keep that as your join date, and then there will be no lapse there. So feel free to jump on over. For those of you who do not support me through Patreon, well, now you can go right to my website where you already find the blogs and everything and just join right there. You can actually become a member. And the weird thing about my website is you have to become a member, I have to approve it, and then you can join on the Become a Supporter side that has different pricing and benefits and all that stuff. It also allows you to save the blog posts, like them, comment on them. That way we just get some more interaction questions and discussion about plants. So check that out. I also wanted to say that the new logo is done. It is coming. Um, I'm going to release it probably soon, but since you guys are hanging on and I thought you would update you on that. And then I know I've talked about new products coming to the website, but I'm not sure if you saw my social media this past weekend, but a lot of things have been happening in my life where I just feel like I'm slacking on the houseplant home body social media side of things. You know, I got a new job. I now work for Molson Coors in Milwaukee and they are in office um, most of the week. So not a lot of time to take a break, go downstairs, check out the plants and tell you guys about them. So it's a little different at the moment. I'm just trying to figure out my new routine. And then my sister had her baby this past week. So really exciting. Another little girl in the family. Um, and I get to be an aunt again. I love it. Um, everyone's doing good. Everyone's healthy. And so that's been happening too. And yeah, it's the holidays. So it gets stressful. So I was trying to get product out on my website before the holidays, but I am not 100% sure if that's going to happen. Um, 
I know I've talked about this a million times and I talked about, you know, how I want to do it this summer, but I might be pushed again. So we shall see. I'll let you guys know, obviously, if you hang on to the end, you hear everything. And if you're on social media, you'll probably hear about it a little bit too, but I'm a little more frank here at the end of the podcast if you're listening. So I'll keep you updated on that. So stay tuned. All right. Well, hope you guys have a good week and I'll talk to you later. Bye.